Join the big show Friday from 3 to 6 at the Warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. That's the Warehouse. College football this weekend, the youths welcoming in Washington State. And so, with Kyle's new policy, is it now just going forward here, PK, we're just going to watch the Twitter rumors fly, and then we'll sit back, and maybe a player will address it, and if not, it'll be up to the people who sit in the press box before the game with the binoculars to tell us who's out. So far, we're hearing about Zach Moss, Tyler Huntley, and now Covey, and all types of speculation, but... Kyle's convinced there's some competitive advantage to be gained, so he's just not going to address it. I think it's more about disadvantage, but yeah. That's what he's decided, so that's what he's decided. So be on Twitter two hours before kickoff if you're really into that kind of thing. Uh, Yeah, but what does it matter? I mean, the game is won and lost out on the field, and so... You'll figure it out when said player doesn't show up at kickoff. Fill-in-the-blank player doesn't play, it, it doesn't matter. It's either an L or a W. That's all that matters. The standings will be what they are. And so whoever's playing, I really don't think that changes anybody's philosophy defensively because there's three offensive players you just mentioned for the Utes. So for Washington State, what difference does it make? But he's convinced himself that somehow it does make a difference, and I don't have any problem with that. Fine. And this is college, and... And if that's what you want to do, and you think that that really matters for you, then then you're playing mind games with yourself is what you're doing. And so somehow if you say, oh, Zach Moss is going to be out a couple of weeks, you've convinced yourself that that's put you at a competitive disadvantage. Well, not really. No more of a disadvantage than not having Zach Moss would put you at. That's the disadvantage. That Zach Moss, is, if he's not going to play, just hypothetically, if he's not going to play, that puts you at a disadvantage. Because he's your best running back, yeah. and he can break tackles other guys can't break. So that's, you're already at, you're at no more disadvantage of whether Washington State is not going to go, oh, okay, now we're just going to change everything. You only have four days of practice, essentially, to implement a game plan. And for Washington State, they're going to try to outscore you anyway. So of all the weeks, this is the most who-gives-a-crap week. But that's the games that they play, and so I don't have any problem with that. The game is going to be played. You're going to have to tackle whoever carries the ball. I mean, they gained 240 yards against SC, which Kyle thinks is really good, and they did it mostly without Zach Moss. Fact. They had a bunch of guys averaging five and six yards. So their running game without Zach Moss was not at a disadvantage because you gained most of those 240 yards without the kid anyway. He had 20 of them. Yeah. The other guys had 227 of them. Right. So who cares? But you've created that in your mind, and injuries are just not an excuse. The only way I see injuries are an excuse is when you're down to your third or fourth team quarterback. And even for SC, obviously that wasn't an excuse. But if you lose all those quarterbacks, then you're on to something. Because in today's world, most teams don't have veterans standing around. Because they're gone. It's all transfer portal time. Yes. I'm out. As I've said, to me I've noticed you're either a three-year starting quarterback or you're a grad transfer. Who The guys who are starting. Seems like 
Or, That's it. Or a freshman. Just throw some young guy into the fire. Right, but he's going to be a yeah. third year, a three year deal uh, in that in that way. But everybody else takes off, and now we elevate this elite eleven thing is the biggest scam in the world. <laughs> Come pay your money to be a part of this and all these camps and whatnot. We'll give you the brand name, yeah. but you're not actually going to get hit, so it's not actually football. And so many of them are a complete and total bust. We've seen it over and over and over again, and so many of these Elite 11s transfer not only once, but twice, and sometimes three times. And doesn't, it doesn't add up to anything. Yeah. It never unlocks all this alleged potential waiting to dominate college football. Right. Because at no point are you playing against that caliber of athlete on the other side, collectively. Individually, yes. But collectively, no. And at no point are you playing against, going against people who are trying to scheme against you, and that's the only thing they do every day for 10, 12 hours a day. Nope, that never happens in the Elite 11 or any of that stuff. You never have 60-year-old men studying you through and through. What can't you do? Yeah. And what trick did I learn the hard way? Veteran, Eight years ago or veteran years ago. defensive coordinators that have been doing this for 40 years, literally in many cases. And Kyle Whittingham has been doing it for 40 friggin' years, basically, certainly yeah. 30 years. And so you never face that in high school or any of these off-season camps or competitions that you're in. Never. You never face that. And so now you get in that situation, and everything is brand new, and so many of them are complete and total bust. So if you get down to your third or fourth team quarterback, then you're on to something as far as injuries. Otherwise, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about your schedule being too tough. I don't want to hear about any of that. That is just seeping in, we're not good enough. Tell me we're not, not good, good enough. enough. Yeah. Instead of saying all that stuff last year about the Jazz schedule, I wanted to hear our team isn't good enough because that's the message. Don't give me the ancillary message. Give me the message. We're not good enough to play these teams this at this rate. That's the message. So then give me the message. Don't blame it on somebody, some computer. Say, you folks who put this team together, you're not good enough. It turned out they weren't good enough. They got smoked in the postseason. Let's go to the phones. Rick the Dishwasher standing by, 855-340-ZONE. Use the open mic if you want to weigh in to use the app. Rick, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, I've been out of town for a week, and I just turned you guys on, and the first thing I hear is talk about the Zach Moss injury affecting it. That is the biggest, lamest excuse. I have never seen a game that was 100% related to coaching. BYU accidentally stumbled upon the way to beat the two-person team. Two, two wideouts on that whole team. That's all they have. Because Kalani plays the three rush, eight in the back, uh, eight deep, he happened to stumble upon that's the way you beat this team with no talent. Against us, it, it's the thing you don't do because we'll just run all over that. So what does Whittingham do? He says, my DBs are better than your two NFL wide receivers. No, they weren't. They were men, and ours were boys. 
I mean, that was ridiculous. I would say so young adults. <laughs> I'd go young adults rather than boys. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> I mean, that was a two-person team that beat us combined with being on the road and getting 17 idiot calls. I you mean, know, what I a think, joke that was. That, was know, that loss was totally on winning him. And I, because I've been gone for a week, if he's been making excuses, that team didn't lose it. Okay? We are better than them at every position except four positions. They're outside linebacker. They're two wide receivers. And maybe the, uh, the, the, the D lineman may be as good as Poe All right, a couple things, Rick. I mean, First off, it wouldn't be the two receivers. It would be the three receivers. And second off, they were in man coverage and they got beat early. But I thought just a massive play in the game. Obviously, the fumble going into the locker room was a massive play. But then they come out of the locker room and they give up a 77-yard touchdown pass. And then that play, they did rush three. They did drop eight, just like BYU did a week earlier. No, no, no. And the two guys back there. He was four steps up again, though. But the safety was there by the time the ball came down because the ball's in the air forever. Actually, you could rush four. Just, hey, safety, I want you four steps back, no over the top. The only way this team's going to beat you is over the top. They're not a good football team. If we play them tomorrow with a rush three, keep eight, make sure your safety's deep, they'll get a touchdown and a field goal. Ten points. So much better than that. Whittingham is so stuck in the mug, conservative, defensive mind. He goofed. This is all on him. 100% this loss. Zach Moss being injured. Are you kidding me? Those running backs did fine. Yeah. It's true, they did. They were yeah. for, for 247 yeah. yards. Right. They did. The formal inside to five wasn't fine. That was. No, oh, no, no. Thanks for the call, that was Rick. A big play. That was devastating. Thank you, Rick. Rick the dishwasher. 855 340 zone. I don't think Kyle was complaining about Moss being out. So I want to make that abundantly clear. I think you're right about that. It sucks that he's out, but it's not why they lost that game. Right. The penalties, Every the four to the individual. Yeah, the penalties, the four big pass plays. Maybe he could have helped in the red zone. If you want to criticize, you know, get away from the stats and look at the situations in the game. You got second and goal from the one. Score Give me touchdown. A break. Score this is a, a Pac-12 touchdown. Program here. You can't get a yard. You don't deserve to win. But I do agree with him that the one recipe in which they were going to get beat came to pass, and that's how they did get beat, get beat over, over the, the top. top. They allowed those guys to catch the ball, and that's on them. And these DBs are supposed to be all that, blah, 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 blah. On two of the touchdowns, the second and third one, they were there, then make the play in the ball. Well, they didn't make they the play. I don't care whether they're there or not there. Big big deal. So you're there. So what? Now jump. If I'm there but I don't make the play, if I get a ground ball hit to short and it, he kicks it, who cares if he's there? Come on. Back to the phones, 855-340-ZONE. Brad. Brad, good morning. Hello, guys. I'm just fed up with that guy who just called. Why, Brad? I just like knocked him out. Why, Brad? Give me some reasoning. Why? Because I thought he had some logic to what he was saying, Brad. Well, because Winningham's a good coach, but he just, he I, he made me a little upset, but it's just the players. I think that we over overturned USC because BYU beat him, 
And then at that, we go on the road, and our players weren't even ready to play. I saw the first play of the game. We were not ready to play. Okay. Thanks for the call, Brad. But who's that on? Is that on the players? I hate that we're not yeah, ready to play. You've got you to step up. I'm sure. I mean, ultimately, players win and lose games. I understand that. But that whole idea, we, we weren't ready to play. Why in the world wouldn't you be ready to play? This is the biggest game of your season at the moment. And you're yes. not ready to play? Well, USC went, went through them like a hot knife through butter. So? That doesn't mean you're not ready to play. That because Why are we discrediting SC? They're a lousy football team? Because they lost to BYU the week before on the field where Utah had won three weeks before. That makes them a lousy team. It means Utah should win, whether they're lousy, mediocre, good, and Utah's so great or whatever. So if they beat BYU, then Utah shouldn't have won. Because if we're saying Utah should have won because BYU beat SC, then we'd have to say if SC won, then Utah should have lost. I don't buy that. That's a I don't joke. think it would have been that clear cut. I think you know, it would have been eyeball test. It's How did they not, win? What did it look you. like? It's not clear cut either way. So I agree with you. Right, but I can see why people make the assumption, including players, but it's like no. every week is different. and It is. I, I, again, I agree with you. Especially with these youngsters. Yes. You know, maybe not as much as in the NFL. But even, even then, but I get your point. There might be some emotional maturity that comes the more football the play, the more you see crazy things happen, and hey, let's not worry about who did what last week and comparative scores and all that stuff. To Johnny. Johnny, good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, Johnny. It, it, this deal about Kyle is, I mean, year in and year out, you see it. His play calling's the same, and especially in goal line. I mean, whatever happened to running a quarterback sneak, is that is that part of Kyle's uh, play calling or what? He never, the guy never puts the quarterback under center, and every coach in the Pac-12 knows what he's been doing. They've seen him for years. What do you think about that? They are going on their center a little bit more this time. I'd have to go back and look at that situation, but that was a deja vu. There's no question about that, Johnny. Second and goal from the uh, one, and they, no, I mean, he, the, they the, don't the, score. The quarterback's already five yards deep, and he's handing off to a running back that makes it seven yards deep, and he fumbles. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, just pound it, pound it straight up the middle. I mean, he's been doing this stuff for years. All right, thanks for the call. Certainly we can all look back at games that were lost in the red zone in previous years. This is not the first time. You, well, I think UCLA, you can argue this game was lost in the red zone because yeah. they made eight trips. Yeah, and it was a huge factor. How many touchdowns did they get? It was a huge factor. They got two. That's not enough. I know. I and he, he said that Monday, you want to be in the 70% percentile. He said that, yeah. and he said that wasn't good enough. So Kicking uh, four field goals, yeah. having the turnover. Yeah, there's something to be said for having a good field goal kicker, but there's also something to be said negatively for having a good field goal kicker. Well, the problem is the good field goal kicker should give you the 50-yarders like Matt Gay did when they couldn't get into mm-hmm. the red zone. Yeah, that's fine. But, but when you're in the red zone at the 5 and you're kicking a 23-yard field goal, that, any high school kicker ought to be able to make that. Uh, yes, you, most The thing is yeah, you don't yeah. want to be trying 25-yard field goals. Not No. You need to be finishing drives. So they got inside the 5 twice – and came away with three points. Right. On a fumble at halftime, there were two guys unblocked in the backfield. Now, Kyle alluded that maybe one guy on the backside, they just let him go because he's not going to get there. They made a mistake, yeah. They're not going to get there in time to make the play. But the one guy yeah. on the side they're running to definitely was supposed to be blocked. 
Yeah, I don't necessarily give that as an excuse for fumbling the ball. Agreed. So at least hold on to the two ball different and, things and be tackled back at the four or five and use the timeout, and then you got another play to try and score again. Right, right. But that's been a bugaboo, so I agree with Johnny there. That has been a problem for a long time. And you almost sense it when, certainly in home games, but in the on the road, there's not as many fans. But me being at these road games, I sense it thinking, oh my gosh, are we going to have this again? Because I have seen this repeatedly. And if I'm a Ute fan, that would be maddening to do that well and then get inside the five and come away with three points twice. And we've seen it too many times out of this program. I agree. As a as a follower, not the hardcore fan, but certainly as an intense follower of the program, I've seen it over and over again, and it, it drives me nuts, and I don't have that passion and commitment to winning and losing that the fan does. 855-340-ZONE. More of your calls coming up. Use the open mic on our app. Send Yach your audio, and he will play it. And you can hit us up on Twitter at David DJ James 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. NFL football tonight. The Eagles and the Packers kick off at 620. It's on Fox and the NFL Network. You can listen to it on The Zone Sports Network. Chargers running back Melvin Gordon telling the franchise he plans to report today, ending his 64-day holdout. He is not expected to play this weekend or the weekend after that. The source telling ESPN's Josina Anderson that this will be Gordon's final year with the Chargers. One college game tonight, Navy and Memphis, AC, 6 o'clock on ESPN. Urban Meyer telling a Columbus radio station when they jokingly asked if he would succeed Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, Meyer replied, no, that's not going to happen. Former USC wide receiver Devon Williams is headed to Oregon State as a transfer. Former four-star prospect in the 2018 recruiting class entered the NCAA transfer portal two weeks ago. Milwaukee clinches a wild card spot. Minnesota clinches the AL Central Division title in Major League Baseball. And RSL loses the Galaxy 2-1 to at home. Top of the Wire brought to you by Syringa Networks. Verizon customers, if you were recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks. Syringa is Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. They have a full range of services. Call them today at 385-420-7881. That's 385-420-7881. That's Syringa Networks. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. There's some games at Utah scheduled that make no sense to me. Like, you shouldn't be doing a home-and-home home with Wyoming. San Diego State? That makes sense to me. Dropping BYU for Florida? Yes, that makes sense to me. So I look at it from a few different positions because I've, I've been there as a player. I'm calling mom and dad as a sophomore, and I'm saying, hey, get your tickets. We're going out to Gainesville. We're going to go see the Swamp. As a Utah fan, I'm looking at this game in a couple years, and I'm like, oh, that's an amazing experience. Yeah. I get to go down and watch my Utes against the Gators in that stadium and then the following year I've got the Gators coming to Rice Echo Stadium an SEC powerhouse a national treasure when it comes to college football it's a no-brainer catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network I love it when fan bases call in and they all have their different opinions. They all contradict each other. They all blame the coach, and then they all blame the players, and then the other one will blame this or that. I think SC was just the better team that day. 
There's Steven using the open mic on our app. Grab your phone, grab our app. Use the open mic, send us your takes. 855-340-ZONE, the phone line is open. Let's start with Cade. Cade, good morning. Good morning, guys. Great show today. Thanks, Cade. Uh, I had a little thought about uh, what you were saying with Coach not releasing kind of injury report and what we're looking at for this week. You know, with special players that we have, like Ma, like Huntley, I don't feel like it especially puts us at an advantage by holding it back, but I also feel like we can just waste Coach Leach's time and at that time, by having them prepare for special players, and therefore you elsewhere when they could be really thinking about different schemes that get used to tear us apart. I don't think it definitely gives us an advantage, but if it's to waste Coach Leach's time and his staff, I think it's a great idea. All right. There you go. I don't think it matters either way. They're going to look at the plays they see on tape, and they're going to prepare to Yeah, Moss those barely plays. played against SC. So you got a whole game full. Here's where this guy runs. And they did really kind of – it's not like somebody stepped in and like, you're the backup, you get 25 carries. At what point over the last 15 years as a head coach has Kyle changed who he is? No, I think that <laughs> that's pretty obvious. Right. I mean, that's – So what, what difference changed, does it what make changed, who's back there? What he's changed is the offensive coordinator. And so the scheme's there – A time or two. A time or, yeah, eight or nine or whatever it is. I've lost track. And so some of those guys had different theories. And then when it came down to crunch time, they went back to Run exactly the what ball. he wants to do. <laughs> Run the belief and ball. And you've had a lot of success that way. So don't, don't go too crazy on, predict, uh, on criticizing because you've had a lot of success that way and you're recognized. Every, every national guy, whoever does anything, is completely complimentary. When's the last time you heard any national or local person, for that matter, criticize the program? Now, fans do. But is any national... Said anything uh, negative? Criticized results, games, performances, Nothing. but not really the core of the program. Not that. Yeah, I don't know that I've heard any national guys criticize the well, I've heard individual that. I, results. I think we've seen them write about, you know, coming up short in November and that kind of stuff. So. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Maybe you have. Uh, but they're, they're actually praised that they're in the position to come up short in November. The guy's universally loved. They do. They do love <laughs> Kyle. He greets, he greets them by name. Yeah. And the, maybe it comes down to the expectations, you know, coming out of the Mountain West. You just thought, well, you'll be a four-win team. So they, they look at eight wins and think, oh, wow. Yeah, except we're nine years removed now. Yeah. So that, that thing is long gone. But if he wants to play the cat and mouse game, play it. And then the media, what sucker is going to ask him about Moss being available? Because somebody's going to do it, and then was the first question. I know, and then he's yeah, going to say, Monday. "We don't, we don't talk about that." Yeah, and Facer will always. Pref- I know you don't talk about injuries, but, but. is Moss going to play? <laughs> 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 and nobody can get mad at Dirk because he's too good of a kid, a guy. So nobody does that. So I say, no, we, no, he we, actually makes Kyle laugh. We don't he's, talk about injuries. He's cracked Kyle and up so times. Dirk, you, you do it. You play that. <laughs> Over and over and over again. I know you don't talk about injuries, but and they go, why would we do that? Why would we do, why would we give anybody? Yeah, come on. Yeah. 
it just it just doesn't matter. But, but Dirk it, Dirk did ask if Moss was season ending. And Kyle told him, no, it's not season ending. Well, he usually volunteers that. And, th- and he came up with that owner. Why would he tell somebody? That's a competitive disadvantage. Why would you tell the next opponent that fill-in-the-blank player is out for the season? That doesn't make any sense. You're giving someone, that very next opponent, you're giving that team a competitive advantage by telling you player XYZ is, not, is out for the season. Now, the second game after, they're going to figure it out. But the first game, why would you give that a competitive advantage? That is... Inconsistent. He must cease and desist that. He should no longer say so and so is out for the year. Because that gives a competitive advantage. Why would you give a competitive advantage? Okay, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Stop, 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 stop. How about you score from the one? That would be good. How about you don't fumble from the two? Because that gives the opponent a competitive advantage. All in favor, raise your hand. (laughs) I see some Cougar fans with their hands down. Come on, Aggie fans, lift those arms in the air. Uh, and then, then, then they, they, then BYU copies that, and now you can't, you can't see anything, and blah blah blah. So, <sighs> okay, but go, go beat Toledo in South Florida. That's all that matters. Go beat Washington State. Ultimately, that's all that the fan cares about. Ultimately, that's all you're judged about. Ultimately, that's all that'll be remembered in the moment. On the Friday and the Monday, you remember the injuries. But when I tell you the Utes had uh, a nine-win season, a ten-win season, a nine-win season, how many people remember which games were missed because of which injuries on which teams? It all blurs together in the long run. And you just know, oh, yeah, they're, they're basically a little – since they got established in the Pac-12, they're a little better than 500. Who is? The Utes. Since they got established in the Pac-12. You're oh, at, I know it because you're at the definition of established? Well, after they missed the back-to-back bowl seasons from that point forward. <laughs> and then they had four years. That, that fourth year, you got guys you recruited to to the Pac-12. Uh, whatever. You're established yeah. game one. You're charging full prices. Don't give me established. If you weren't established in 2011, oh. then they should have reduced the ticket prices. They're charging fuller prices now than they did then. Every That's more prices. I wouldn't go with fuller. That doesn't really well, make sense. charging full price. So I went fuller. <laughs> They were charging full price then, people thought. But it turns out now they're charging That's all a bunch of freaking excuses, man. when will they challenge the fullest? If you want the excuse, I'll give it to you as long as you acknowledge we're not good enough to play this schedule this year, people. So give us a break. If you say that, that would be then awesome. I'll say. How much, how much seriously? I mean, there's a school every year that could do it. Somebody's rebuilding every year. Yeah, we had a big year. We graduated a lot of seniors. Uh, you got to buy your season tickets for two years, but for the first year we're charging this, for the second year we're charging that. Because we know we're rebuilding it's not a 10-win team. Fine, say it. And that then I'll be, give you all the breaks in the world. That I, would be an awesome I'm up for play. giving breaks, but just deliver it to me. Tell me ahead of time. We're not good enough to win this game. I, Our program is not of a stature where we can win this game. An NBA team that was tearing down could do it. You know, the Jazz could have done it a few years ago when they – Move Jefferson and Millsap. Memphis could probably do it now. You know, they've moved veteran guys here in the last year. Yeah, but they didn't have to do it because it was obvious. Yeah. So everybody, Philadelphia did it for years. Sure. Everybody understood you're not trying to win. But don't tell me, oh, we're trying to win as many games as we can. Don't BS me. That's my big thing. Don't tell me the schedule is 
so bad. Tell me we're not good enough to play this schedule. The schedule's too good for this team right now. That's the issue. We'll see in six weeks when the schedule lightens up. Tell me that, and I'm fine with it. But don't bleep and moan all (laughs) along the schedule is too tough. Tell me, no, we're not good enough to play this schedule. That's the crux of the point. 855-340-ZONE. Phone lines are open right now. Uh, Live Lifer tweeting at us. The fumble inside the five wasn't working with Moss either. The D sold out on the run, and you can't run into nine defenders with anybody. Yeah, I would have. Uh, uh, Troy Taylor did that thing last year where he had the tight ends in, and then they just flared out, and it seemed to work just about every time. Everybody be bunched up yeah. there in the middle, showing this double tight end right. formation. And They're going to run. Correct, it's all power. Correct. I didn't pay attention to the Idaho State game because I was down in Provo. Uh, but in the SC game, were the tight ends a factor at all? Did they do anything? Am I missing something? Am I misforgetting or whatever Roger Misremembering said? is yeah. what he dropped. Uh, Fotheringham, three catches, 23 yards, and a touchdown. Because okay, he, he had that, that, play, little, that little, little dump over the yeah. line there. That caught him off guard. They were clearly all yeah, at it, the line. So maybe you would have done something like that. I, I can see that. Can Especially you, in retrospect, it's way yeah, easy to it's see. It's way easy to see it yeah. now. As opposed to the play clock running, you have to get a play down to the sideline and get it in. And you'd think the strength of Utah's team is to be able to gain two yards on the ground because they've always been able to put, produce good running backs and offensive lines that can get a little bit of a surge. Now, twice it didn't happen. It's unfortunate. But... They were going to lose a game anyway, so now they got this great opportunity for an immediate turnaround. And and the thing about it is this momentum stuff is so fickle to begin with that if you find a way to win Saturday night, and particularly earlier in the day, yeah, then you are Washington beats USC. Exactly, you are right in a golden spot again. That's it went away so fast. All this hype, all these months of buildup, just went like the air was sucked out of it in the course of one ball game. But it could life can be breathed right back into it. I'm telling you, Saturday night can be the Heimlich maneuver. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, we got a chicken bone, Ma. Yeah. He's okay now. Right. By 11 o'clock Saturday, the Heimlich could be successful. And it starts with that afternoon game. If you got time to watch that, and the weather's supposed to be bad, so that cuts down on the honeydew list. What time is it? Considerably. 1.30. The Washington-USC game is 1.30 in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. That's where my butt's going to be. So you brought this up yesterday that Utah... And it was a hell of a point. Utah and USC... I want to see if you still own it, because then there's stuff to build off here. Uh, I Utah, never disown any opinion so you, of mine. No, it would probably be that I misremembered your statement or something. Whatever. Go ahead. I'm lying that, down. That Give it to me. USC and Utah will sweep the Pac-12 South. Will they go a combined 8 No. You didn't say it in exactly those words, but you were talking about how they won't lose again in the South, but you were using pronouns, and so let's make sure you're talking about both Utah and USC running the table in the South. See, here's where I think Utah has the competitive advantage over SC in that way. SC, and this is from 40 years of experience, it is everybody's rival. Yes. Well, I can tell you, if the Devils come up here and win, that's great, 
but it's not like you're going to remember that in a seven and five season. Where I can tell you, last year they went seven and five, and they are going to remember that SC win in the Coliseum <laughs> forever and ever. It's just added to the lore. They're going to put it in their media guides. So. I think it's easier for Utah to go through the next four games in the South undefeated because nobody's their rival. And they're going to get up for a game because you only got 12 of them. But it's not like it's going to be SC. So I believe Utah, yes, is going to go 4-0 against the remaining teams in the South. And they're going to finish because this conference season with a 4-1 record. You are a big proponent of Pac-12 chaos theory. And so I started thinking about this. I get why people would pick both teams to sweep the South. SC's harder because the emotion that comes everybody yeah. wants to beat SC. And when they go to ASU, it'll be a huge crowd and they'll be on fire. And Arizona and well, Arizona, Colorado Arizona. and UC Los Angeles. Right. Every, every team will be up for it. And then maybe there's a little more when you have to go into their stadium and then the fans are up too. And they got to go to ASU in Colorado. Arizona has to go out to L.A. So do you think they're going to go 8-0 or Pac-12 chaos theory? Who's going to go 8-0? Utah and USC combined will sweep their eight Pac-12 South games. I see no reason not to, but I pick Utah as a decided yes over SC. Because SC, every one of those games is going to be a huge game for the opponent. More so than playing Colorado. Or playing uh, any of the Arizonas, it's a, it may, maybe it's different in Colorado because they haven't been in the conference forever, and they were in another conference. The Ute fans here, we still view, we view SC as huge because this school wasn't in a power conference, and we are slanted. West. Whereas Colorado might have Oklahoma memories. Yes, yes. No, certainly Nebraska. And no, no question. Texas. Yeah, they've got all those, all that history back when they were really good and playing those teams. And Tucker talked about it at media day as uh, he remembers going in there. And that was a huge deal. So Colorado might be a little bit different. I'm not sure. But I know the rest of us. We all look at SC as being a big deal. So it's going to be harder. I really believe it's a fairly easy path for the Utes to go undefeated. Except for Pac-12 Chaos Theory, where there's total head Yeah, but see, I think that the loss to SC has narrowed the focus to where that won't happen. Because they have used their mulligan big time already by losing A, conference game, B, losing to a member of the South, which early in the season gives that team the potential tiebreaker. It's early. You know, you, you lose to somebody in November, well, they may already have two or three losses, so it doesn't matter that they have right. the tiebreaker because it's there not going to come to pass anyway. There could be enough separation, you know yeah. it's not going to If you out. lost to SC in November, we wouldn't maybe necessarily be stressing, but because whoever it was that you lost the first team, first Pac-12 game that happened to be against the South, they automatically have the tiebreaker against you. So it adds a little stress, but I think that might be a seasonal form of stress because you got them early in the season. I do think there's going to be chaos, but I don't think that the Utes are going to lose the four games. I think they're going to go 4-0. Now, they very well could lose all three, as you pointed out yesterday, to the teams in the North, and that would be the two Washingtons and Cal. I don't think they're going to lose to Oregon State. So the problem here for, is, for the Utes is if SC is going to sweep the South, then you need everybody in the North to come through. They've already got one win in the North. They've got to play Cal. Well, the North to, is tougher. They've yeah, got to so play Washington. It's logical. And they've got to play Oregon. So, so those, those are three. all tough. Right. Yeah, they can lose all three 
without even batting an eyelash, I don't have to look at and say, wow, you know, that other team's going to have to play really right. well. No. And right, right now, since I'm assuming the Utes will lose one more game somewhere, I think USC needs to lose three games if the Utes are going to win the division. Fine. So really important that Washington comes through and makes it and, happen. And that's where SC has the competitive disadvantage because also all those teams in the North will be ramped up Yeah, too. because Washington they have been playing SC for forever. years and years because the two new teams are in the South. So all the teams in the North, everybody, the original Pac-10, all the other nine teams always pointed to SC as a massive game. And if you won that game, that Pac-12 teams don't traditionally storm the field. But if you win that game, that is something in your mind that is bigger than beating the other eight teams with the potential exception of your rival. So certainly the other seven teams in the conference going to the Pac-12, when you played them, none of those other seven were bigger than A, your rival, B, SC. So SC is going to get everybody's shot every freaking time. Well, they better get taken down by that shot. On Saturday afternoon. I suspect they will. That's why I don't think this loss to SC was that devastating. Because SC is not going to run through the rest of the league. Maybe they do, and if they do, hats off to them. And if you roll out of here with an 8-1, and 7-2 season and you didn't win the division, I'm, I can live with it. I can go to bed at night and sleep okay that the only thing that kept us from winning the division was a 7-point loss to SC in the first game. And that's it. And so that ca- that prevented us. But other than that, we went eight and one. I would take that one hundred out of one hundred times. DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five at twelve eighty. The zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Oh my God, everybody sounds so pissed off on the phone today, and I can't take it anymore. I'm so tired of being pissed off. So I just want to let you guys know you guys do a great show. And thank you. <laughs> There's Dan on the open mic. Grab your phone. Use the app. Use the open mic. Send, send Yak your takes. So get him on the air. <laughs> hey, join us tomorrow. DJ and PK hitting the road. We're going to be at Murdoch Chevrolet Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. 2375 South, 625 West in Woods Cross. Get an oil change tomorrow for 1997. There it is. We'll see you tomorrow in Woods Cross. Have plenty of jazz gear, T-shirts, hoodies, caps. You can rip off PK's head. Be there tomorrow morning with all the loot. Ready for the basketball season? Or is it coming up too quick? You just read a thing. The Jazz have a, uh, a kickoff thing going on this morning. I think that's probably an in-house deal, but you read it. I didn't. They got media day Monday. They got practice Tuesday. The NBA's tweeting out Rudy Gobert blocks. They got a... T- Counting down to the season opener. 27 days out, they got 27 Rudy blocks in a row. Really? Yeah. Cool. I just retweeted it and put a thing oh. out there. Well, make sure I'll watch it. There it is. <laughs> what do you mean am I ready for it? What difference does it make? It feels like 
Football season and basketball is here. We've been getting emails from all the colleges all week. Okay, so what? It seems early. What do you mean seems? What, what, what does seems mean? We barely got going in football and basketball's here. So? Well, it seems weird. No, it doesn't. Okay. It happens at every year. And whether I'm ready for it, it doesn't matter. It's coming irregardless. Ready or not, here yeah. I come, like the old kids game. When it comes, it comes. My life doesn't take any adjustment. Theirs does. They go from off-season to season. I don't really change it. I just roll right into whatever. Whatever's on TV. Yeah. Bring it. Yeah, and actually, I'm. this is the most ready that I'll ever be or have ever been for a jazz season since I've been doing the show. Because the anticipation. They could be better. Well, they could be. Should be. Is this going to be another Ute thing where Hopefully we spend will three be. months building it up and then they splatter? Possibly. Everybody misses oh, on preseason predictions good. every year. Uh, I, that It'll would, be something. Good. Everybody, get on uh, Twitter right now. If the Jazz splatter, what's going to be the excuse this year? <laughs> <laughs> no depth. It'll be the depth. Because last year— Nobody wants to bring the front-line guys. They're too popular. <laughs> last year, it was the schedule. What's I guess maybe— this? year before, it was the injury. They what's going to be this Maybe year? they could blame a couple of the new guys because people aren't completely in love with them. But as soon as they say that, I think they kind of are in love with Conway well, already. Uh, oh, absolutely. And they want to be. See, that's the thing. They're they not going be. to splatter. That's I like it. Hint. It'll be some other team that splatters. Because every year, whatever the predictions are, they're going to be really wrong about some team. The only question is which team. I don't think they're going to be wrong about this team. That's my reasoning for being the most excited since I've been doing the show and we started the show in 2002. This is, without question, the most excited I've been going into a season. I was looking forward to the start of the season in July, and I am rarely, if ever, looking forward to the start of the season in July. It's like the furthest thing from my mind. But they were making these acquisitions in July and making a substantial substantial improvement to the team. It's undeniable that they were making a substantial improvement. They got 50 wins out of a team that put on three non-shooters on the floor in a shooting league. And now they've got shooters. Gobert isn't the shooter from the perimeter, but he does so many other things that he doesn't have to be. So everybody else basically is a shooter that's going to be in that lineup. And that has got me extremely excited with anticipation. I don't think I'll be disappointed in the regular season. We get to the playoff, we have to see who the matchups. It's pointless to predict what's going to happen in the playoffs because we have no idea who they're going to play. We know some teams, but we don't know the matchups. So, And then we don't know what's going to happen at trade deadlines if guys move and whatnot. Right. And we don't know but, which team's going to get crippled by but injury. But as far as the start of October, yes, I say bring it on. I'm ready from game one, not preseason, game one, what's October 23rd. Not gearing up for Adelaide, are you? If for no other reason, then this year I don't have to hear about all these dumb reasons why they lose ball games. And I will go out of my mind if I hear reasons <laughs> as to why. The only reason you're going to lose a ball game is because you weren't good enough to win it. And that's the position where you want to be in. Yes, but there will be a reason you are not good enough. Well, yeah, I mean, you may have a player sick or two. It may be a but, uh, yes. uh, four games and five nights. I get it. The, the NBA is built for you to basically lose 25 games. 
Yes. Just by once to start the season. Especially the way the West is stacked this year. Yeah, and and, and I've got no problem with that because it's all about the postseason. So So, lose some games. Who cares? Kawhi Leonard sat out 20 games last year in Toronto. Nobody cares. And so I I don't have any problem with that. The days of these guys playing, Eaton, Malone, Stockton, Thurl, 82, 82, 82, 82. Gone. That's gone. It's all gone. Yeah. I may not understand it, but but that's the reality of it. If I asked you to bet on it, you know how you'd bet. It's like, we looked it up, Sandy Koufax's last two seasons. He had 27 complete games the last two seasons, each, for a total of 54 complete games. Well, you're not going to have the studliest pitchers of today aren't going to have 54 complete games in their entire 15-year Major League career. Go look at Verlander. How many complete... He's like the guy, and he's older now, right? How many complete games has he had? I would venture to say... Five. He hasn't... He's just, nowhere near that. And I don't necessarily understand it, but that's the way of the world. Same thing with the NBA with these cats resting games. No problem. I've got no problem with it because it's all... Everything is judged now on the postseason. Professional sports is all about the postseason, Reputations and everything, they're not exclusively, but they're basically earned in the postseason. Kawhi Leonard is going to waltz into the Hall of Fame because he's got two titles. Now, maybe he gets more, but he's been a stud in the postseason. And the fact that he sat out, what's that, a quarter of the schedule? Help me out with the math. In in Jordan's day, that twenty five out of eighty two. Nobody would have yeah. thought. 20, would have never have done that. Yeah, twenty seven would actually be a third. Twenty seven times three is eighty one. But so, nobody yeah. does that any, anymore. So, so they're they're going to lose twenty to twenty five games. I get that. The major league leader in complete games this year with three, three, Shane three. Shane Bieber in Cleveland, and Lucas Giolito in Chicago with the White Sox. That's funny. Verlander had two. Well, he had the no-hitter, so he had to get one. <laughs> <laughs> he had one shutout. Uh, nobody had more than two shutouts. But, see, Koufax, he, he had the elbow stuff, and he's done it 31. I mean, those two years sure. are his last year. I get that, but so Nolan Ryan pitched in his 40s. So was it the fact of that? Bob Gibson and those guys, I assume Bob Gibson had a ton of complete games. I'd have to look it up, but he's but a legendary him. name right. that we heard of, right? And so those guys pitched later i think koufax might have had some had some issue yeah i get that but the other guys there was plenty of guys who were going into their third tom siever how many and that, now Clemens you got, pitched forever well he, he cheated a gazillion innings he doesn't count <laughs> right he'd have been done all right, well, his numbers were going up. He had a, like a, bi- a bad year or two and then all of a sudden his numbers got he resurrected his career well now we know how he did that and i don't blame him in the least all right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, we're talking football with Mike M from the Pac-12 Networks. Next, the Lawson Washington State beat reporter for the Spokesman Review joins us at 930.